Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. We can just watch basketball. How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you had a good weekend. I'm Dave DeFord. Joined as I'm going to be every week on every Monday here on the Athletic NBA Show Daily Ding by my man Keith Parrish. Coming up on today's show, we have a much-anticipated rookie debut, another crazy Celtics game, And we're going to tell you the teams that we're worried about after week two in the NBA regular season. But first, Keith, we finally got a chance to see Cade Cunningham. He's been dealing with that ankle injury, didn't play in the preseason. Of course, we saw him in Summer League live together. And man, he was great there. Well, if you only peep the box score, Keith, you might think he didn't really have a great game. And and look, by conventional offensive statistics, certainly... 1 of 8 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3, 2 points, 7 rebounds is great, 2 assists, 2 turnovers in 19 minutes. It's not what you hope for. But Keith, this guy was playing elite defense, I thought, on multiple possessions. And really just, you could see, like, okay, he knows who he is as a basketball player, and he raised the level of play for the whole Pistons team, I thought. Yeah, it was a much-anticipated debut, like you said. I feel like some of his fellow rookies have already thrown down the gauntlet this season. Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes looking absolutely incredible. But now it's Cade Cunningham's chance to step up and show us what he can do. And if you read the NBA.com box score summary or the game recap, and when they say, like, he had seven rebounds, and that's the full sentence, you realize the stats weren't that good. But, yeah, like you said, I think... The way this Pistons team, that he can be a glue guy and maybe contribute to a better defense, we don't know how much of it is legitimate. They played the Magic, it's team with its own share of rookies and struggles. But I think that the debut, it was maybe a soft opening. We're talking about a restaurant having a soft opening, a Broadway show with a little soft, work some things out. Don't let everyone come watch it. Hide it on League Pass. But I think if you're a Pistons fan, you can be optimistic about some of the things you've seen from this team just not being a total abject failure. I feel like they have some cohesion on defense, and Cade stepped in immediately and I think helped towards that. Yeah, there was a great possession where he blew up a play underneath the basket, and you know guys are diving all over the floor. You could see that he really energized their defense as well. But I mean, he was making plays, had a, a great cross court pass uh, from from the opposite uh, corner to the, to the opposite wing, and, and wound up being an assist, his first assist of his career. And, and so you could see some of the stuff that we've you know that we saw out of him in college that we've read about that he was going to be able to do in the NBA. Uh, it was nice to see the flashes, and of course, coming back from an ankle injury, uh, he, he's working his way into shape, and, and he was actually ruled out of Sunday night's game uh, since it was a back-to-back. The Pistons have been, the, under this regime, very cautious bringing guys back from injury, so I expect him you know, to stay on a minutes restriction for a while coming back from this ankle, and definitely he's going to miss, you know, if there's three games in four nights, he's probably likely to miss one. Uh, um, what do you think, Keith, going forward, uh, when do you expect this guy to 
actually be able to contribute and, and look more like himself. What are we saying? Six to eight weeks here of, of working his way into shape? Oh, man, I certainly hope not. I know it is like totally in vogue for the NBA to give everyone, if you're too young or too old, all right, no, no back-to-backs. We want to work everyone into it. If you're a Bobby Portis returning from a little soft tissue thing, all right, we'll give you every other game. But no, I mean, if you're a Pistons fan and you had a miserable season of losing last year, you, you luck out, you get the top pick in the lottery. Then you see this guy introduced. Yes, he's banged up with the ankle, but I know you want to be patient and make sure he's fully healthy before returning to play. But six to eight weeks, that's too much, Dave. You can't tease me like that. You can't have him play on all these, like, minimum 18 minutes a game, rest than every other. You know, you would hope if he's not healthy enough to go in a couple weeks, what, what are we doing here? So hopefully, I'm no doctor, but hopefully within two weeks, we can take the, the reins off. Uh, that's, that's a horse reference for the Pistons uh, horse jerseys. All you out there. Uh, no, I just hope they'll let him go and, and we'll see the Cade Cunningham we're anticipating. Not like a super low usage defensive stopper uh, just playing sp- spot minutes. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keith, the Boston Celtics are addicted to overtime. They played their third overtime game of the season against the Washington Wizards. By the way, the 5-1 and one now Washington Wizards. Woo! Man, this game was nuts. And no one wanted to win it. I, I, I mean, the <laughs> Celtics just could not buy a shot in overtime. Jalen Brown had a great look. Couldn't put it away. Um, the, the first thing I want to talk about with this game, Keith, I thought the Wizards' defense was actually pretty impressive, especially in the clutch. The Wizards have just been a team this year that, like, I think we anticipated them to be, like, maybe a feel-good type story. We're like, oh, Bradley Beal's getting some extra pieces. They have all this Lakers miscast uh, cast-offs. And now it's like they're here, and you see KCP making, like, the, the final stop getting the block on the final shot. Uh, Montrez Harrell hits a half-court shot in this game at the end of the first half, and he's just providing the spark and the energy to the team. Kuzma's been excellent all year, and now the Wizards find themselves 5-1, and one, and it is it comes down to, like, it's a coin flip game. Either team could have won this, but now, because of this one coin flip, it's like you have two teams just heading in different directions. The Wizards sit on top of the East at 5-1, and one, and then you have the Celtics. All of a sudden, you're like... We're two and four. You have Jalen Brown talking about still feeling the effects of COVID. You have Jason Tatum, who's putting up some big numbers, but also it's not necessarily efficient. He leads the NBA in field goal attempts, so he's putting the ball up a lot. And the Celtics team, people thought maybe, hey, this is a team nobody's talking about. They could finish fourth or third. It's like because of them not getting the results in a couple overtime games, now they sit at two and four? Like, is it 
Are you worried, Dave? Is it fair? Are we worried about the Celtics? Well, we're going to get to that in a second because they're definitely on our list. I mean, there's no way you can start two and four and shoot the way that they did in this game. I mean, their shooting has just been atrocious. They missed their their first 23-point attempts in this game. Boston starters were 0 for 16 from three. And Jay King over at The Athletic has a great breakdown on all of Boston's failures in this game and does a fantastic job of walking through it. So I won't do that. Send you guys over there. But Keith, I do think it is time to talk about the teams that we're worried about this week. And it starts with Boston, man. They need some guards. They have none. Yeah. uh, That Celtics shooting performance, by the way, it was the second worst three-point percentage in NBA history for any team that attempted 25 uh, three-point attempts. So, yeah, they need better guard play. We thought they got lucky getting Dennis Schroeder, you know, for such a a small contract, and you thought he would really provide some firepower. But they need creation. They need passing. They need something to kind of set up their elite scores, and I don't know where it's going to come from. I mean, I don't know know what, what the options are. Like, you know, Peyton Pritchard showed some progress last season into the year. You know, he was a darling of Summer League, but, like, it's, do you need a, a more of a pass-first guy? Like, if Marcus Smart and, and Schroeder can't handle the ball handling by themselves to at least get this offense maybe humming a, a little bit better. But, again, it's hard to say to draw the big narrative conclusions. It's like we said, that they've been close games. They're close games. It's pretty good teams. They don't have, like, atrocious defeats uh, on their resume so far, but... Like you said, after six games, if you're two and four, and you see other teams, numerous teams in a very crowded Eastern Conference already ahead of you by a couple of games, you start getting a little nervous, especially if you're a Celtics fan. You feel a little, little antsy. I did not guess it would be the second week of the season before people were saying that the Celtics missed it, uh, were missing Kemba Walker. That that I did not have that on my mind. I think they're card. missing Kyrie Irving, but anyway, I, I, I digress. I don't disagree with you there. Uh, how worried are we about the Clippers, Keith? They're one and four. You know, this is a team that I think we all kind of thought was going to be middle of the pack in the Western Conference playoff race because Paul George maybe has an MVP candidate sort of season. And, you know, they look great in their first game against the Warriors. I thought that they did lose that game, but they still, I was like, oh, yeah, this team is going to be totally fine. But, uh, you know, to start one and four, it gets rough, man. It gets rough. We thought Reggie Jackson was going to build off his end of the year last season and his magnificent postseason run, and it just hasn't been there. And this is a team just kind of struggling to kind of patch anything together. They have a schedule this week that they have the opportunity to right the ship a little bit on Monday night. They're playing everyone's favorite. Uh, we're not actually tanking, guys. We're trying to win all our games, the Thunder, on, on Monday night. Uh, so maybe they can pick up a win against the Thunder on Monday. And then they have um, two games in a row against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota has looked nice this year. Their defense has really been clicking. Anthony Edwards is awesome. Maybe Anthony Edwards is trying to take over that team. He feels like he needs to grab uh, control of the wheel and steer that franchise. But... The Clippers will have an opportunity to maybe get some wins against teams that weren't projected to make the playoffs this week. If they don't pick up a couple of these wins, if they lose to the Timberwolves once or twice, then I think you start thinking, oh my goodness, we don't have our draft pick. Like we're the Pelicans own our draft future for now until maybe 2026 or 2027. And you don't know when Kawhi is coming back. I think you really start fretting if you're the Clippers, like what can we do to fix this? Because there aren't many very good options that I see. The Pacers are just not very good, Keith. They are one in six. Uh, Rick Carlisle has not been able to to give them a spark. 
things are not going great. Now, they've got some injury issues. You know, still, T.J. Warren, Karis LeVert's kind of in and out. Uh, you know, we still don't know what's happening there. Look, man, I just think the Pacers, not great. It's We've gotten to the point where you don't have to say the Pacers have injury issues. You just need to specify if they don't have injury issues. Like, let me know. Oh, you don't have injury. That's the news. That's the news. Yeah, the Pacers, they're in a tough spot. They're in that very crowded Eastern Conference of teams that think they're going to be kind of good. And they have lost, like these coin flip games I was talking about with the Celtics. They keep losing close games, but one in six is, oh no. Like, we're at the top of the tankathon already. We thought we'd be pretty decent. We keep losing. They've lost some heartbreakers. They're actually the only team to beat the Heat. The Heat look amazing, but that's the Pacers' only win on this season. And now you have Malcolm Brogdon not playing, and it's just like, where do we go from here? Where's this? I thought Rick Carlisle was going to fix all the Nate Bjorkren locker room problems, and we were going to play a lot better and have a good defense and have a good offense and figure out this Twin Towers, and it's, it hasn't happened so far. Yeah, It's not going great, and there are times where they look good against bad teams. They look great in the first quarter against Charlotte. I mean, Demonis Sabonis eviscerated. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you calling Charlotte, Charlotte a bad team? Well, bad Come defense. On. An awful Man, defense. I'm all about the Hornets. I love them. They're great. They're the number one offense in the league right now. But man, that defense is gross. It's bad. I'm not worried about Charlotte, though, because Charlotte's expectations are not the same as Indiana. I am worried about Indy. We're going to see. It's going to be a rough week for them, I think. Yeah, they have to play. They get to play the Spurs on Monday night. You know, that's two teams that are a, a little underperforming. And I, that's going to be a really good game in my mind. Those are very evenly matched teams right now. But then, then the Pacers have to play the Knicks and the Trailblazers. Trailblazers looking very, very nice um, outside of one really bad loss. And like the Pacers schedule, it, it, you know, it's not easy. You go into that to the West Coast, playing the Kings, the Nuggets, the Jazz. Scary times. It can get late quick. That's for sure. The, the season's been great so far. For Keith, I'm Dave. This has been the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Basketball Buds coming up next. Is that good?